ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, at sfdiocese, and use the hashtag ignition. So your tweet gets routed to the proper twit. I mean, to the proper person. Um, <laughs> I mentioned again, my name is Chris Bergwald. Um, we have another Chris uh, across the table from me. My guest co-host today is Chris Motzgood. Uh, morning, afternoon, or evening, Chris, depending when our listeners listening. Great to be with you. Uh, Chris, would you introduce yourself, introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Yeah, uh, Chris Motz. Um, Happily married, uh, father of three little girls, the uh, director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. So I uh, represent the two bishops of South Dakota on matters of law and public policy, kind of their missionary uh, to this to the state capital of sorts. Um, uh, grew, grew up here in Sioux Falls, graduate of O'Gorman High School, was out of state for many years for school, military service, um, and then a, then a bit of civilian work after that. But very happily, just moved back to South Dakota last year. Um, late 2017, uh, to take up the, the current work um, that I have, and that's me in a nutshell. You you sort of toured the upper Midwest uh, almost. I mean, college yeah. was Iowa, um, post-law school, law school and post-law school Minnesota. Yep, that's and, right. And now back to South Dakota. And now back to South Dakota and kind of um, both coasts in between there too. Yeah. So uh, time in Virginia and, and California. So. Very good. Well, we're happy to have you back. Um, and if you've never listened to Ignition before and wondering who this Chris is, my name is, again is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, also happily married. Um, and my wife, Jermaine, and I have five kids. We make our home on the eastern side of Sioux Falls. Um, not a native originally, but we've been here since 2002. So as we're recording this for over 16 years, and, and we love the diocese, we love the state, we love the city. So go Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's great. Upper Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Chris, we're, today we're going to be talking about, you and I talked about a couple of different things we could talk about. Um, we we were on uh, another show that the diocese produces, Catholic Views, hosted by Jerry Klein, um, a few weeks ago, talked about 2018 and looked ahead a little bit to 2019. And along the way, we in that show, you and I talked uh, with Jerry about technology a little bit. And that's something we talked about discussing today. Um, the reality, many people have been really commiserating the fact that so many people today have maybe hundreds of virtual friends, Facebook friends, if you will, but not just Facebook, social media in general, and yet very few authentic friendships. And there is a real question there um, that you know that I've I've been grappling with myself about how do we use technology instead of being used by it? Technology is a tool. Um, how do we use it rather than being used by it? But that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, instead, we're going to talk about that question of friendship, um, community, brotherhood. So if if virtual friendships are are maybe just that, they're virtual, they're not real. Um, in and of themselves, then then what is authentic friendship? What is what is authentic community? What is what does authentic brotherhood look like? 
What are your initial thoughts? Where are we going to go in this episode talking about this, do you think? Oh, it's so big, but it's so good and so important. Um, you know, we could just talk about this this sense that you've already mentioned that, in fact, there's a there's just a growing... I, I've heard it time and time again, and even just in the last year that we've been back home, is like people looking for... People, people looking for a real authenticity in relationships, um, you know, with, with people they may see all the time mm-hmm. or may even see digitally, you know, they see their face, they, they see some words or some pictures or something on a screen, but is there something deeper? Is there something more? You know, so we could talk about that growing sense. We could also talk about what that something more is, mm. what it looks like, how to do it. Some ideas, some proposals. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'd be, it'll be good for us to, by the time we wrap up, to to make this somewhat concrete in terms of giving some potential action steps to our listeners. So if you're uh, if you're tuning in now, make sure to uh, st- to gut it through, get it out till the end. Uh, if you're we're um, if if we we get pie in the sky, we will come back to earth by the end, right, Mister Motes. God willing. God willing. God willing. Please, Lord. <laughs> um, you know, somebody might be listening now as, as we're, we're we're sort of teeing up this topic and and the direction we're going to go. And they're wondering, okay, uh, Chris Bergwald, uh, you said at the beginning of the show um, we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. What the heck does brotherhood, friendship, community have to do with understanding our Catholic faith and inviting others to live it? Well, we have to understand that it's not just, um, you know, this may be basic uh, or just sort of a commonplace, obvious, but the faith involves other people. It's not just a me and Jesus kind of thing. Mm. You know, First John, I have told you what we have seen and heard so that you might have fellowship with us. Like there's actually, there, it's, it's very real and very necessary that there's actually a, a communal aspect to the way we live the faith, to the way we receive it, to the way we live it. And to the way we transmit it to others, mm. whether it's our own children, whether it's coworkers, whether it's strangers, that um, that's actually part of the Lord's plan for the good news in the world. That that He desires to save us, um, not just individually, but as a community, as a people. In fact, as a family. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you've kind of, we've maybe even seen, just to highlight, seen through history even, like, saints so oftentimes, they come in clusters. Mm, You know, it's mm, just like, holiness is a bit contagious, and there's there's this relational aspect that, um, that it's like you see these, these, um, just starbursts, like these, you know, know, Francis, St. Francis, and then all of a sudden, like, these other men, and it's like, now they're all, you know, they've, they had this this really communal, um, it, there's so many different examples. And then, Claire, and then Claire from right. that. I right. mean, yeah. 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 So um, what I'm reminded of there is how uh, the church has really, at the Second Vatican Council, for example, the church explicitly said that God desires to save us not individually, but as a community. And I think it is really, I think it's a, and a, maybe maybe because of, of our American culture with rugged individualism and pick yourself by, by your bootstraps, that is a temptation that we have to be attentive to, that, that, that Christianity is something done together, that in fact, as we know, um, God himself is, in a sense, a community. There's one God. But three persons, That's right. and he desires to draw not just me, but us 
into that relationship with him. So um, the church speaks about this many in her in her formal teachings, the writings of her saints, how um, you think about the shape of the cross, the, the vertical bar and the horizontal bar, that, that, that speaks also to the communal dimension of human existence. Horizontally, you and I, along with others, are called to have fellowship together, going back to your reference to First John. But that fellowship together um, is ultimately perfected in the vertical community that we have, not only with ourselves horizontally, but vertically with God as well. Right. And it's, you know, this is not a new thing. This is all the way back to the to the Lord's <clears throat> covenant with the people of Israel. Like it was a covenant with an entire body of people. Um, and that's how he's continued, continued to work up through, um, you know, Jesus calling these men, uh, as, it, as it says in, um, in Mark, to, um, to be his companions together. Right. Right. In fact, I'm gonna, so, so with that, um, then Cardinal Ratzinger, then, then Pope Benedict, now Pope Emeritus, Emeritus Benedict does a recording. Um, he's still alive. God bless him. He's, he's still taking, he's been retired, what, almost six years since he resigned as we're recording yeah. this in uh, January of, of 19. Anyway, um, Pope Benedict had written uh, in one of his books on the church called Called to Communion. Mm. Um, and I think there's another Benedict book that we'll be mentioning a little bit later, perhaps. But in Called to Communion, referencing explicitly uh, Mark's gospel, uh, Pope Benedict points out how the first mark of the disciple of Jesus Christ is to be together with other disciples mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. Before they're sent, they're, they together are with him. Yeah, and, and actually it's in Mark 3 where he calls them to be his companions. The very next verse is ascending. Right. It's, so it's, come to me, you are my companions, you this body of, uh, of believers, and now you're going out. Right. To invite others in. Right, right. To invite, right, so there's a... Um, exodus ready to us, like going yep. forth and exit, yep. and go, but then a ready to us, a return, yeah. uh, coming back. Right. Okay, so we're starting to get into, I, I want to step back again, though, a little bit. Um, I know that this is a topic that you are particularly passionate about for some time now. I mean, in a sense, probably for quite a long time. I know before I know you, I've known you, but even in the last several months in, in conversations, it's been clear that this is something that's, that's really important to you. Can you explain why that is? Yeah, you know, I um, right out of college, 2005, commissioned as a Marine officer, and so spent five years on active duty in, in kind of this just intense brotherhood, um, you know, on mission. Uh, and then coming out of that in 2010, I'd kind of just discerned I'm ready for, you know, I'm ready for my vocation. I want to get married. I decided to go back to law school. So I had this transition time between the Marines and law school, and I went, I was invited with a priest. He was just retiring from the, the Navy chaplaincy. He invited me to walk the Camino de Santiago with him. And so we enter into this time of prayer. So pause right there. Can you explain, because somebody doesn't know, what's oh, the Camino de Santiago? It's, it's an ancient pilgrimage route uh, to, uh, to St. James, uh, Santiago, Spain. It's um, some traditional belief that, uh, that, he's, that he's buried there. There's a, there's a beautiful church um, you know, built over his tomb. And in the Middle Ages, people, there were three great pilgrimages that Christians in Europe would make to the Holy Land, to Rome, or to Santiago. Mm-hmm. And to Santiago, you walked. Um, so there are these routes, these kind of, uh, uh, this network of paths all over Europe 
um, through the Middle Ages and, and up to today, there are a couple of these paths that have been preserved and are, and are well used by uh, Christian pilgrims or even others of, you know, that are just maybe even wanting to go for a walk without being mm-hmm. Christian. So I started in, um, in southern France and walked about 500 miles over the course of uh, 30 some days. You walked 500 miles. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a, isn't that an old song? <laughs> <laughs> What's well, that that old of a song? I guess that's relative. I mean, uh, for me, it's. <laughs> yeah. So, so we walked, you know, in the summertime, um, we were in Burgos on the, on the Feast of St. James at the, towards the end of July and then arrived actually in Santiago on Assumption, August 15th. So we were walking this pilgrimage, and, and for both Father, uh, my friend Father Conrad Targonsky, a Franciscan, and I, we were just asking the Lord to bless this transition in our lives, mm. launching into something new. And as I was walking, during this time of prayer, you know, it's just sort of rhythmic. There's no technology. There, it's, just, it's just me and, and, and this, this way, you know, carrying a Bible and praying and Mass. I received a word, and it was really clear, and it was a surprise to me. I didn't know where it came from. The word was community. It was just in my heart, and it wasn't like you know an audible, mystical. It was just like it was in my heart, and it was clear. I was like, "Huh, where did that come from?" So you say you received it in your heart. So okay, yeah. you're walking, and yeah. this maybe maybe like people. This is the word that sort of popped into your head, if you will. Is that what is that is that a way to say that? Or? Yeah, but it was clear even just through by because it was so surprising. It was clear it wasn't like oh, I'm gonna think about this. It wasn't like right. an act of my will that right. that caused this thought to arise. Right. It was. But it's like, oh, this this word is there. Okay. What does it mean? Okay. So I uh, shared it with Father Targansky, and um, and being Franciscan, he's like, oh, you know, maybe like uh, maybe secular Franciscans, you know, because he's a bit familiar. So I got back to where I was, I was going to law school up in the Twin Cities. It was about to start later that summer. So I got back. I went. And, you know, introduce myself. To, there's a secular Franciscan. Group. So, so that's so secular as opposed to faithful. They're yeah. the bad Franciscans uh, as opposed. To, <laughs> no, uh, they're, they're secularized. They, right. they live in the no. the, the profane Franciscan. <laughs> no, I, um, what, what's a secular Franciscan? It's Chris? it's it's, uh, it's a third order meaning. It's it's a it's a way in the spirituality of, of Saint Francis for lay people and even you know uh, priests could mm-hmm. could join mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But it's just the people, um, it's a group of people that would be seeking to live Franciscan spirituality in their life together. And I went and just visited with them and a couple times, and, and I realized just um, in prayer, like, oh, this isn't, this isn't actually what the Lord was speaking. Mm. This isn't the, the, uh, the goal of the word that I received. But I found very quickly, um, just through the, the providential circumstances, I'd, I had got an apartment in this neighborhood just up the street from a particular church, and just some of the, the relationships I naturally began forming at, at this church. I was invited into a, a small group called a household, actually, um, and it's called a household to denote that there's actually a sharing of life. It's not just this little blip in the week, yeah. you know, a small group, oh, yeah, zip yeah. in, zip out, but actually a sharing of life. Right. Um, and... Uh, so these people that had offered me this invitation were members of something called the Emmanuel Community, which is an international lay association of pontifical right. What? What? Yeah. What? what? It's, a, it's a big word to say that it's it's all over the world. It's got the blessing of the Vatican. Okay. And it's it's working for the it's 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 working first and foremost for the sanctification of its own members, but also just for the. The, the work of the church in the world and the building up of the church. So it, it, it's sort of, in case somebody's never heard of anything, like it's roughly akin to sort of like, almost like a religious order, but for lay people. In, yeah, in kind, a of, sense. kind of like that. There was, um, 
Yeah, these are these are kind of new things. Yeah. In, in, you know, relatively speaking, you know, since the 20th century, certainly, and even since the council, um, mm-hmm. you know, these things have kind of been popping up more and more. So that's that's what it was, and it was clear just through a number of attractions and desires and circumstances, like, oh, this is this is the fruit of that word that I'd received on the the Camino. So. Uh, Hannah, uh, my wife and I have been been members of the Emmanuel community for eight years now, and it's it's just borne a lot of fruit in our lives and is is really helped us on our path of holiness. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and I'm talking today with Chris Motes. Um, we're talking about community, uh, brotherhood, friendship, and uh, the fact that we're, we haven't really adjust, addressed this yet, but we're created for community, not only uh, with other men and women, but with God as well. Um, and, and Chris was just sharing his own passion. Um, Chris Motes was just sharing the other Chris, just Chris, as I affectionately call him. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've embraced it. I've embraced it. Um, was sharing about his own experience, um, about really just the, the Lord has given you a particular, he gave you this desire this passion for for community not not primarily to understand it but to experience it right yeah so the Emmanuel community kind of at the heart of it is um, the primary grace comes from Eucharistic adoration we commit ourselves to adore every day if if the, our state in life permits um, so that's um, and that adoration was a big part of my own growth and faith as a young man um, so in, in I don't know. After we had joined, I was reading. Uh, I, I love uh, Pope Benedict, Emeritus Pope Benedict, Cardinal Joseph. Yeah, I right. love him. And somebody gave me um, a book that he wrote in 1960, Joseph yeah. Ratzinger, called The Meaning of Christian Brotherhood, really important. And then also, he's got the series of catechesis, you know, like his Wednesday audience. Mm-hmm. You know, the Pope does a catechesis, a series of the teachings. teachings yeah. um, and he was doing a series of teachings on, on the apostles. And one of his days, one of his Wednesdays, he spoke on communion. Mm. And he, he addressed these kind of two elements of communion that we've already alluded to, this communion with the Lord and this communion with one another within the, in the body of Christ. And he said, um, communion with the Lord is inseparable from communion with one another. And that was just like, for me, that was just like, boom. Say it, say it again. Communion with the Lord is inseparable from communion with one another. So in other words, um, if I am going to have communion with God, I must have communion with other human beings. You must. And, you know, I think he'd probably been thinking about this for quite some time because go back to 1960. So this was a 2006 catechesis. Go back to 1960, the meaning of Christian brotherhood. And he's reflecting on brother, these... All, we have all these series of brothers in in Scripture, and and in in most instances, and he goes through a, a number of them. One brother is in relationship with the father, and with the other brother, there's a bit of a rift. So the way he describes it is that we, as the body of believers, we're the brother in relationship with the father. We we have this. There's an in out function. You're either you're either in the relationship with the father, or you're not. But if you're in that relationship with the Father, we as the that brother, our mission is to actually bring the separated brother in, to back into the relationship mm-hmm. with the Father. Um, so, where was I going? <laughs> 2006 catechesis um, up to the present. So, do you, do you know what? Yeah. It, by the way, do you know what it is? 
The catechesis? Yeah. Yeah, it's like March 29th, 2006, I think. Well, I thought you knew the date. Yeah. Um, so you, if you're interested in looking it up, if you just do an internet search um, with your favorite internet search engine, uh, there's a general audience, in fact. Uh, so search for general audience, March 29, 2006, and you will find this. The title of the audience is The Gift of Communion. Yeah. Yeah. So it... Um I was really struck by it. So, okay, so this, so this is all part of your own personal passion for communion. Um, what do you, th- just your own experience, there's there's a s- slight, slight age gap between you and I. I think we're in different generations, aren't we? This 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 really just I think it, it actually hurts depends, my heart. It depends on, on who, because I'm pretty close. I could be a millennial or I could be a Gen Xer, depending on, so I was born in 82. I hate, to say, I, hate to say, I hate to say this, but how do you identify? How do I, I actually, that's exactly how I identify. Like a little bit of, a little bit yeah, of, <laughs> I, I've got, I think, tendencies of each. Okay. So yeah. um, the reason I ask that is because, so I, I think, first of all, um, it's sort of a commonplace that millennials, want, millennials are searching for community. Millennials want mm. community. Okay. That might be true. But to the point that we've just been making, it's for all of us. Oh, yeah. Now I remember the connection that I wanted to make. Please. So in this book, The the Meaning of Christian Brotherhood, he addresses, like, he even brings up, um, well, what about, like, the hermit or the person who actually has right. a, a call to a solitary, solitary life of prayer, contemplation? He makes the point that these are legitimate, totally, but they're at the service of the brotherhood. They actually, they feed and nourish the the fellowship um, in in an unseen you know it's part of the unseen spiritual reality it's part of reality nonetheless right um, so he, so he addresses that perhaps you know uh, first criticism of well what about right. this right yeah right so so really I think again going back to the image that I gave earlier of the the vertical and the horizontal um, arms of the cross we want to be living at the intersection. At the center of that, where communion with man and God meets communion between man and man. That's it. Um, we've got about five minutes left in this episode, Chris. So let's, let's start to get maybe a little concrete and practical, as we we promised we were going to attempt to do <laughs> at the outset of this episode. So somebody's listening to this, um, maybe maybe so. Just my own experience personally and visiting with many of the the people uh, of, of our city and state and throughout my life. Um, some people want community. Some people would say, eh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of good without it. Um, some people want it and have attempted to find it and it's crashed and burned. They can't like they want it. They yearn hmm. for it and they don't find it. Um, other people. I found that it worked well. It was really good. And now I've moved on kind of thing. Like, I think there's all sorts of different sure. experiences, but I think what you and I are trying to emphasize here is this is something that's the reality that we're all called to even the hermit yeah. in the desert. Yeah. And it, Go ahead. So please. Well, it's, it's, it's a foreshadowing of heaven. Benedict also makes that point is like, it's actually a, it, it, it's, it's foreshadowing the future reality, which is going to be communion. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so people coming from the, all of these different, postures, if you will, the yep. relationships with the idea of community. How can we, what, what concrete practical advice do you think that we could give them? Start with Jesus, you know, so it's like, this is a foundation is like personal prayer and relationship with the Lord. And from there, 
I, I would just offer that that community is it's a full contact sport, which entails a certain amount of risk and vulnerability. Mm. You know, this sphere of unregulated human relationships, and t- you know, it may entail like making an invitation to which another person is completely free to, to say, say no. no. Right? Yeah. No. Right. And and that it could it could hurt, but you know. Um, there's a there's a heart speaking to heart that, that there's just a greater intimacy that can arise from somebody who's willing to make themselves vulnerable, um, who's willing to willing to just sort of be disarmed. And I would say, so you said begin with Jesus and then ask Him. So wherever yeah. you're at in those those different uh, um, where you're at with the idea of community, bring that to the Lord, bring yeah. that to Jesus. And this is where I'm at. Recognize again, what Chris and I are saying here about we're called to communion to use Pope Benedict's, his phrase. Um, this is not just Chris and Chris. Uh, this is the reality of what God is calling us to and will call us to. So you better get used to it now. Cause it's what heaven's going to be like wherever you're at, bring that to the Lord. And what do you want me to do with this Lord? Yeah. <laughs> Show me the way. Sure. If you will. Yeah. Um, so discern, I think, and pray about um, what God wants us to do, wants, wants you to do, with, and then act. Don't discern forever. Right. right? I mean, yeah. um, what, what do you think about that? No, I love it. It's, uh, you, we totally have, we, we have to act uh, at, at some point. Um, yeah, you've, you've put it so well. And it's like we're all, um, th- there are people around us you know, every day. So the opportunities are really there. And I would, would also just offer, you know, in asking the Lord, there's such a legitimate diversity of, you know, who knows, like he's the author of cre- creativity. There's not like, right. a, there's not a cookie cutter that we have to propose, like, this is it. Um, now the, the Lord's, the, the Lord really can reveal something new, you know, so I'd be open to a surprise or be open to like, you know, I really was like kind of surprised, like, where did this word come from? Um what what if and this is unfair to to drop this on you with about a minute and a half to go. But what if God's asking me to community with somebody that I don't like? Oh yeah, and that's something we talked about before too. Is we talk, you know, we can talk about friendships, but there's a difference between a friend and a brother. Mm. We we choose our friends, right? Uh, and uh, Bratzinger makes this point in the meaning of Christian brotherhood: brothers are received; they're given to us. We don't necessarily choose them, yet we're bound by what we have in common, mm. faith in Christ. So, you know, it's, we, we bear in mind uh, Christian charity. Like that's the, the, it's the love of Christ that binds us together. Do I have to hang out with them? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, <clears throat> no, you don't have to like, you know, go get a cold one and nachos after work every day. Um, you, you don't have to hang out with them, but, but recognize that you actually... <laughs> This person is my brother, um, right. and and they have they have claims on me as a brother, and I can make claims on them as a brother. Like we're bound up in this thing together. And and this is this is re- just just to, to start to wrap up. Well, to wrap up, <laughs> um, this is a real brotherhood. It's it's not just metaphorical. Uh, it's not um, just friends. We share a relationship with uh, one another because we share a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the elder brother, eldest right. brother, if you will, and we are all in this together. Chris, thanks so much for being on Ignition today. 
Thank you. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, at sfdiocese, and use the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>